It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you're indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 2nd, 2019. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, I'm very proud that I did say 2019 in the intro there. I'm, I'm learning. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to make that mistake until tomorrow. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we're going to talk about the Magic's game coming up against the Chicago Bulls over at the United Center. Should be a good, interesting one. Certainly one the Magic should feel uh, like they should win, but we'll find out. And then we're going to talk about the man who is currently questionable for that game, DJ Augustin, and his impact on the Orlando Magic. But before we do that, I have two quick things that I want to say. First, a congratulations isn't the right word, but a sign of appreciation to the UCF Knights. Now, not all of you probably watch college football. Not all of you are from the Orlando area, but I do like to consider myself one of the podcasts of record for the Central Florida area. We do some Orlando City stuff on this podcast as well. Um, we haven't done much UCF stuff, but I do want to give a uh, at least some recognition and acknowledgement for what UCF has accomplished over the last two years. The Knights lost in the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl to LSU 40-32 um, in uh, their first loss in over two years. They're a 25-game win streak now uh, on, uh, now over. And while the Knights won't be able to claim another national championship, they probably couldn't even if they did win this game, but they're still champions in our eyes. They have uh, the whole program and, and the whole and, and the, the group of young men that, that have come to represent both their hometowns uh, on their nameplates with the with the area codes of their hometowns on the nameplates, the uh, Ohana, the, the family uh, that 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 they've represented as a team, especially for injured quarterback Mackenzie Milton, but really a representation of Orlando and, and how much this city is growing. Uh, UCF is very much at the heart of this city's uh, um, growth and 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 maturation and development over the last few years. As UCF has become more prominent. Both as as a university uh, that you know has a very large enrollment, um, UCF is getting its fingers into the world, and um, it's you know Orlando is Central Florida, the heart of Florida. You know I four corridor is where elections are won, um, both nationally and statewide, and UCF did nothing but represent this area, this this city, this 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 place um, with the best, and, and our fans have been. Our UCF fans, I'm, I'm not, I am a UCF fan. I, I, I've always, I've always liked them, but I, I grew up a Gator. Um, but UCF fans have done nothing but passionately defend their team and defend this, this city. And, and, you know, I, I, I've come on here at times and talked a little bit about my experience in Orlando uh, and my perception of Orlando as a growing city. And that Orlando is a city that is very, very young. You know, I would venture to guess that 
you know, certainly I grew up in a generation that had the magic, so we had something to really call our own. But for the most part, it's really been a transient city. And I think really for the first time, uh, certainly since Disney came around in the 70s, Orlando is becoming a place that is not just for tourists, not just for people passing through or growing up and leaving, but a place people want to stay, work, play, and be. And our sports teams, you know, for, for what they're worth, are representations of our city, uh, of how much we're growing and, and, and a chance for us to showcase ourselves to national audiences. And with, you know, UCF, a plucky newcomer to the college football scene, I think they started playing football in the 70s. They didn't join Division I uh, until the early 90s, I believe. Dante Culpepper was really part of the first group of UCF players. This university has really grown to become a national power where they're on a New Year's Six Bowl game for the second straight year. You are clearly and loudly hearing UCF chants around the stadium, on your TV, on a place that's all the way across the country. And so the Knights did not come home Fiesta Bowl champions. They did not come home with a 26-game win streak. But... They stood toe-to-toe with LSU. They gave every, they gave it everything they had. They had every chance to win that game. It was their mistakes that, that cost them. LSU played a great game, don't get me wrong. But they came home. They should come home with their heads held high. And we certainly in Orlando, and at least I here on Locked on Magic, certainly, certainly appreciate all that they've done to represent our city, our Central Florida area, and of course... Um, you know, rep- represent themselves and represent, uh, you know, everything that, that I think college sports is really supposed to be about. Um, so, uh, 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 you know, congratulations isn't the right word, but uh, we're proud of you, UCF, and we can't wait to win the next 25 and bring home another national championship next year. Go Knights, charge on. If you want a little bit more, though, on that game, I would highly suggest checking out Locked On LSU. There's a college podcast just like that for several colleges. I know Locked On Kentucky probably covered the Citrus Bowl victory for the Kentucky Wildcats. Congratulations to Big Blue Nation on coming to Orlando and stealing the town. A fantastic game from Benny Snell, um, or who couldn't play in the bowl game last year because the refs were stupid. Um, I'm a Northwestern fan. I can freely admit that. And of course, my favorite Citrus Bowl fun fact, Northwestern, the Northwestern Wildcats defeated Kentucky in the 2017 Music City Bowl. But congratulations to Kentucky Wildcats. You can learn more about that on Locked On Kentucky or Locked On Kentucky Wildcats. Um, so definitely check that out. You can find those on iTunes by, by searching for the team name that you're looking for, Locked On, and the team name you're looking for on iTunes. Of course, there's full NBA slate, growing list of college teams, MLB and NFL 2 as the NFL playoffs get set to begin. But let's get to the task at hand, the Orlando Magic spending New Year's Day in Chicago. They had the day off after the back-to-back. Now it's time to get back to work against the Chicago Bulls. Another big loss for the Detroit Pistons in Milwaukee. They got crushed. Leaves the Magic just a half game out of the final playoff spot. And so a win on Wednesday. Yeah, despite all the Magic struggles of late and, and, and you know maybe their inconsistent play, leaves them very much in the driver's seat, it feels like, to get into the playoffs. And it's a long way away, but you want to be in the race. I joke, you want to be in the in the pack at this point. You just want to have an opportunity and wait for your chance to, to, to get it. And these are the kind of games the Magic have to win. These are the kind of games that last week during this homestand, the Magic struggled to get. The loss to the Bulls uh, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, a 90-80 to 80 defeat was... Soul-crushing isn't the right word, but it was discouraging. And I think a lot of fans felt frustrated with that because of how poorly the Bulls have played to this point. 
especially since the Magic struggled with them in Mexico City, winning only 97 to 91, and that game was nip and tuck all the way. The Magic won that game really in the last minute and a half. The Bulls are struggling. No, no getting around that. No doubt about that. They're still, you know, statistically one of the worst teams in the league. Um, they got a win over the Washington Wizards shortly after that Magic game. They, they've won three of their last five, but their last game coming in 89-point effort against the Toronto Raptors. They lost 95-89. to 89. They've only scored 100 or more points in two of their last 10 games. This is a team that, that just doesn't score a lot of points. And Orlando, in that game 90-80 that they lost, I thought played pretty def- pretty good defense, but their offense was just simply abysmal. They couldn't get... They, they did a lot of things that they did against Charlotte. And Chicago's, like I said, like I said, I think before then, Chicago's the kind of team that allows you to make mistakes. They are not going to pounce on every mistake you make. They're going to have stretches where they really struggle that will allow you to get back into the game, that will allow you to, if you kind of run through your stuff and and play with a, you know some energy, you will have the chance to get back in the game. So you don't have, I mean, no offense to Chicago. I, I don't think I'm saying anything crazy here. I guess the Magic certainly did it the last time out. The Bulls are the kind of team that they will let you hang around without your best stuff. Even Orlando, I think, can beat them without their best stuff. But of course, that's not the standard the Magic are playing to. And, and certainly, the Magic know better than anyone after they got nicked by the Bulls Again, December 21st, you know, about two weeks ago. They got nicked by them because they didn't approach the game with the intensity that they needed to. So, again, Orlando's not a team that can just show up and beat anybody, but if they play with intention, if they play with intensity, if they play with physicality, they'll have a good chance at winning this game. They'll have a very good chance at winning this game because the Bulls are going to give you opportunities to win. They're going to go through cold stretches. They're going to struggle a bit. Uh, to, to, to get their offense going because they've got the worst offense in the league. According uh, to the NBA.com's uh, offensive rating, the Bulls are averaging only 100.2 points per 100 possessions. The Magic at 27th averaged four more points per 100 possessions. The defenses are comparable. So, you know, this is a team that'll give up a lot of points. A 109.1 defensive rating is, you know, bottom is 18th in the league. Orlando sitting at 15th in the league at 108.7. So, you know, Orlando, Chicago's offense, if it can break the Magic's defense, you know, that's a problem. Orlando's offense has to destroy this defense, has to do well against this defense, and the Magic should win. It's really that simple. Now, there are the big questions about the Magic and whether they can get into their sets and, and play at the level that they need to play at uh, with the injuries that they face. Um, DJ Augustin currently listed as questionable for the game after spraining his ankle in Sunday's matchup. You know, I didn't think Jaron Grant was terrible. I thought he struggled with the pick-and-roll defense with Kemba Walker. I thought that was really the big issue. It was the pick-and-roll defense, especially. Um, Grant has to be good at that because, you know, Chris... I don't I don't know if Chris Dunn's even playing for them right now. Um, but, you know, anyone can beat you. This is the NBA. So you got to be on point defensively. If the Magic are on point defensively, they'll have a very good chance of winning this game. I, I think that's 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 really what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to the Magic's attention to detail on the defensive end. Uh, and that's the part that's been up and down all season. I, I mean, I think the, these are the kind of games against teams that are struggling that really test your commitment to what you're trying to run, that really test your commitment to playing at the level and playing uh, to the playing to the level that you need to play at. Um, you know, that's what these teams do. 
And Orlando certainly has struggled with those tests before, losing to Chicago, losing to Phoenix in the last week, you know, really giving up games that, at least on paper, it looks like they should win. You know, 500 teams, and this was the case in the early 2000s when Tracy McGrady was on the team and the Magic were ostensibly a 500 team. 500 teams do play to the level of their competition. It's just something they do. It's part of the inconsistency that they don't bring the same approach every night. This is a good chance. It's a good test for this team to change that, especially coming off a big loss of Charlotte. It's the time to to focus up and take care of business. If you want to be a playoff team, you got to take care of business in these moments. So Orlando taking on the Chicago Bulls. That tips off at 8 o'clock at the United Center. That'll be on Fox Sports. Florida. We'll have complete coverage of the game on Orlando Magic Daily afterward. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Like I said, one of the big question marks about this game is the status of DJ Augustin. Sprained his ankle, uh, rolled his ankle uh, in Sunday's game against the Detroit Pistons. Came out for a little while, but was able to come back in and finish the game off. Had a fantastic game. I think he had 27 points. He was, you know, just an, ama- an amazing player. And he's put up some great individual numbers throughout the entire season. This is not the kind of statement I think a lot of us expected to make about DJ Augustin. You know, when the biggest complaint about the Magic still, and it's a fair one, is the Magic's lack of point guard de- point guard depth? Now, you know, I was reading on the Athletic. Michael Scotto did a uh, uh, a list of uh, New Year's resolutions for each team, and number the New Year's resolution for the Orlando Magic was the Magic need to find a point guard. I posted my New Year's resolution for the Magic as finding some consistency. And number one comment, both on Facebook and on the article itself, was the Magic's New Year's resolution is to find a point guard. I'm not here to dispute that. I do think the Magic need an upgraded point guard as good as DJ Augustin has been. He has his shortcomings, no pun intended, and probably is better suited as a backup, as a really high-level backup. And that's okay. That's not. I'm not knocking the guy. But forget all that for now. Forget all of that. Because the offseason stuff, the trade stuff, that happens outside the team. You know, to the people that are saying that, I'm like, I'm not ignoring the trade rumors and the, and the trade deadline. But to people who say that, I say, okay, we agree that the Magic need to find an upgraded point guard. We agree on this. But for now, you make the best with what you've got. Steve Clifford can't go out and pick new players. He's got to work with the tools he's given him and criticize Jeff Waltman and John Hammond for their their you know inability or their their f- criticize them for not filling this point guard role um, more fully. I think that's a fair criticism, especially if the goal is to make the playoffs. If the goal is to make the playoffs, management did not do its job perfectly. Of course, I would argue that man- management's goal, at least not fully, was was to make the playoffs. I don't think that was fully their goal. 
So under that perspective then, the Magic have done that, at least with DJ Augustine. Because the Magic are not in the position they're in today. The Magic are not in this spot of having a chance to make the playoffs, of being in the playoff race without DJ Augustin. If Nikola Vucevic is the team's MVP, DJ Augustin is second. And it's painfully obvious. Among Magic players, among Magic rotation players, no one has a higher net rating when they're on the floor than DJ Augustin. The Magic are 3.1 points per 100 possessions better with Augustin on the floor. Perhaps more impressively, the Magic have a 105.4 defensive rating. That's three points better than their team average and a 108.5 offensive rating with him on the floor. Again, that's four points better than their team average. Now, some of that is, of course, Augustin's playing with starters. And the Magic starting lineup has actually been pretty solid. Um, I, I don't, you know, I don't think they're running away with anything. They certainly don't win every time that they're out there. But when the Magic win and the Magic play well, it's because their starters are carrying such a a big load and, and doing it well. So of course, the biggest issue is not that Augustin's starting. It's that the Magic don't have a lot of depth behind him. Jaron Grant has not been that effective. You know, maybe Isaiah Briscoe gets a gets a closer look with how he's played with how he played on on Monday, but who knows? And so the Magic certainly, certainly still have their work cut out for them here. Certainly the Magic could use you know, a strong, a stronger, you know, could certainly use a better point guard and a, a stronger rotation, but Augustin has done everything the team has asked of him and done it extremely well. Those on-off numbers are just part of the puzzle. You look at what he's done overall here, averaging 11.5 points per game, shooting a 56.8 effective field goal percentage, which is a career high, dishing out 4.9 assists per game. He's not playing career high levels here. He was better in Charlotte in 2011. More points, more assists. That was the peak, you know, early on in his career. But he's found a nice groove. And it's again, it goes beyond the stats. It's his ability to, A, spread the floor as a three-point shooter. The Magic don't have a lot of those. And the fact that he's shooting 43.8% from beyond the arc tells you he's taking smart shots and he's helping space the floor to help others get, get better looks. That's why the team is doing so much better with him out there. And then it's also about his ability to drive and penetrate and get into the lane. How he's able to keep his dribble alive through traffic and sometimes slither around and finish at the rim. Or not at the rim, but in the paint. The big thing with Augustin has been his assists are high and he does a good job protecting the ball. His turnovers are low. In fact, his 1.4 turnovers per game are among the lowest of his career, certainly when he's been primarily a starter. Keeping those turnovers low 
and not making mistakes and getting guys into sets, that's what a point guard does. That's the intangible things a point guard does. And Augustin has been doing it. He's been smart with his play. He's been smart with his shot selection. He rarely makes mistakes. And so he may not be the best, defensively for sure, but may not be the best at what he does, but he's the best on this roster, and he's the best for this roster at the moment. Orlando needs him. That, That was proven pretty heavily against Charlotte. That their offense just didn't quite work right without him. Aaron Gordon had to take on a little more playmaking responsibility, and he's not he's he's better at that, but he's not really that good at it. And Jaron Grant was simply ignored as a shooter. So Orlando Orlando needs DJ Augustin. And it's not good that his injury does knock the team off this much. Because as good as he is on the court, the Magic are just as bad off the court. I mean, the Magic have a minus 12 net rating when he's off the court. They score 95.4 points per 100 possessions when he's off the court. Those are not good numbers. Those are very bad, in fact. And so, the Magic are hurting a little bit right now without him. They need him back. They need him healthy probably why it'll, it, it might be a while. And yes, that search for another point guard is going to continue. I don't think they're done doing that. But for now, DJ Augustin is the best that they've got, and it is plenty for this team to succeed. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD, and of course, For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.